0: You know, this movie gets into trouble because it's turning a real-world tragedy into a trashy slasher movie. What Mm. real-world tragedy could we adapt into something a bit easier to take, like a charming
1: rom-com? I think something could definitely be set against either the global financial crisis.
0: Okay, yep. Or... Ooh, yeah.
1: You remember when China slayed all of those pigs and dumped them in a river? Yes. That's romantic.
0: That is romantic. So, immediately with the financial crisis one, I'm thinking... He's a hard-nosed stockbroker. Oh, yeah. She's an actual house. <laughs> and she, pretty soon they're going to learn that... Uh, oh, fuck. Be a pun.
1: <laughs> when it comes to the credit crunch, but say credit quietly, so it's
0: obvious. <laughs> the real value of a home is where the heart of it is. Also. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Starring Tom Hiddleston as the house. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Breaking many boundaries here.
0: And the other one just writes itself. Uh, Hi, I'm from uh, the UN, I'm just uh, here to inspect Oh my god! I know
1: It excites me too
0: (laughs) (laughs) Barry, we've gotta hide all these pigs The UNICEF inspector's (laughs) really hot The podcast that no amount
1: of alternate realities can save. Oh, did cross my fingers. I'm Paul Sebring. I spent 10 bucks on this thing.
0: (laughs) Yay! Something to feel good about there. Ooh,
1: thanks, Patreon subscribers.
0: (laughs) This is the kind of shit you've paid for. It was on the UK Netflix, but I had to get so far into that fucking title before it admitted that it had it. Are you sure this is what you mean? H A U. We've got The Haunting of Hill House. That's probably what you mean, right? Or any of these other good horror movies? No, you're definitely spelling Sharon. Yeah. The Haunting of Sharon Blake by Ken Lutch. Ha-
1: Haunting in Connecticut, even? No. <laughs>
0: it's not very not good, not even but it's that. not actually spiteful. Oh. Uh, I'm looking for the spiteful one. <laughs> mm.
1: Yeah, it, it was suge- it's suggested on my Netflix. I can log into it and, and, and type out it. And it goes, oh, you mean this? And you click on it and it does that thing of, we don't actually have it really. But it'd be nice <laughs> if we did, wouldn't it?
0: <laughs> oh, you mean this? What's wrong with you? <laughs> Of course, we don't have that. Here's some nice, more wholesome porn. <laughs> Here's a Serbian film. <laughs> Thanks, Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> Today, we should be discussing Daniel Farron's biographical slasher flick. Yeah. Uh, The Haunting of Sharon Tate.
1: Five persons, including actress Sharon Tate, were found dead. Nobody
0: help me! I'm
1: killing all of us. It's okay, it was just a nightmare. So-
0: These these people, they're a threat to my safety and to the safety of my baby. Mm. great. The film is the lesser known genre reimagining of the murders of Tate. Uh, the murders of Tate Murders, great. <laughs> yeah, I was very awake. I don't know if you've met Tate Murders, but really, I don't know what she expected.
1: Oh, God, I don't know it's... how she thought she was going to get away with it.
0: <laughs> I'm Tate Murders. And I did Tate it. Tate Murderson. <laughs> god almighty yeah and it's the first of two exploitative true crime films made by daniel farrens in 2019 the other being the murder of nicole simpson brown which is our next episode on patreon (laughs) fuck off (laughs) this is over (laughs) shut it down boys
1: (laughs) boys where are boys where's Where's the boy where's our patreon boy gone
0: (laughs) Our good patreon boy boy yes sir oh dear
1: that's a different vibe Than I was hoping for Gotta stop making him Live in our chimney Especially because Australian apartments Tend not to have them
0: Yeah it's a a metaphorical Chimney of the soul Mm. My butt (laughs) It is your butt The dark chimney of the soul Which is the name Of your (laughs) forthcoming Autobiography (laughs) The dark chimney of the soul which Brackets which means My butt In which the Patreon boy lives (laughs) No one's gonna buy this (laughs) I will sir Of
1: course you will (laughs) Get up there Shut up (laughs) Where you gonna put it My butt no. You've already got enough stuff up there. Been through this. Um, I've only got room for one malnourished boy. <laughs>
0: you should only keep. <laughs> and I've insisted to him that he only keep the things in my butt that fill him with joy. So, <laughs> critics reacted to the film as if it were highly inappropriate. Uh, Luke Whiston at the Shiznet.co.uk, who is a top critic, I'll have you know, says it's a shame spiral all the way to the bottom of the barrel. You can make your own helter skelter jokes. So there you go, Paul, go for it. Top critic, oh. Luke Whiston at theshiznet.biz says you're good to go
1: okay sweet um how many helter skelters does it take to change a manson family killing
0: i don't know how many helter skelters does it take to change a manson family killing and you can fill that in at home listeners (laughs) 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 hadn't thought that through (laughs) make sure you send your replies to at luke at the He's very eager for responses. Might as well just add um, the,
1: mem- the surviving members of the Tate family while you're at it. They they, they love all <laughs> this stuff.
0: Tag them in. They can't wait. Uh, the public reacted to this film as if it didn't actually need to happen. <laughs> uh, the top-rated critical review of this film on Amazon.com came comes care... Okay, I see what I did there. <laughs> the top-rated critical review of this film on Amazon.com's care of Amazon <laughs> Anne Irioff reviews, who expounds... It's all a bit Cloverfield, i.e. a newfound footage way of subliminal filming and subjective activism in favour of that what Hollywood stands for. It's designed to be believable so that the Charles Manson types that come along in the future are never heard of or taken seriously as leaders or cult leaders thank you i i enjoy the thank you at the end i don't know <laughs> if it's for listening or for having made the, the film mm. or just a general thank you for the, the gratitude that Anne Erioff feels for being alive
1: maybe um they were they were brought up you know back in the good old days were you you know you had to thank somebody for something <laughs> you got to thank somebody for the internet haven't you
0: yeah, <laughs> bank, internet for the internet. Well, I mean, that is the highest rated critical review on Amazon. Fantastic. Like, negative review. Yeah, okay. So, it really sums up all of the problems, I feel. <laughs> Our job is done here.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a review that I had to feel my way
0: through. <laughs> oh, Christ. The film has 19% on Rotten Tomatoes, 8 on Metacritic, Oof. and was not nominated for any Academy Awards. So, I don't get it. Paul, you award-winning ass. Ah. What's one thing about your life that made you wonder how the hell it all came to this?
1: Oh, well, do you know what? I really enjoyed that they uh, they put actress Sharon Tate in capitals under the first shot of Hilary Duff. Um, it's good to know that we're being respected from the outset.
0: <laughs> Look, these guys are... Our audience, I don't even know if they'll be able to fucking read this. But just in case, we better spell it out.
1: You've got to assume they can read. You've got to respect them. <laughs>
0: Christopher Nolan urges us to respect our audience and I truly expect that they can read Actress Sharon Tate. I mean, before we see Actress Sharon Tate, we start with an Edgar Allan Poe quote that postulates, hey, what if everything was a dream? Mm. I, I guess the director reasons that that means he can do whatever the fuck he wants for the next 90 minutes.
1: I mean, that is what art is. So yeah, let's let's, let's, let's see the director doing an art.
0: Hey, don't worry about it. Quote, Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Quote. <laughs> I mean, we then get interview footage with, you know, Hilary Duff, actress Hil- yeah. uh, actress Hilary Tate. Hildery Duff. and it, <laughs> Hildery Duff.
1: Um, my husband Roman and I had recently rented this beautiful home up in the hills of Hollywood. It was about a week or so after we moved in and I was awoken by something in the middle of the night.
0: And it is based on the fact that Tate really did have a creepy dream about a murderous home invasion, which she ended up revealing in, a dream- in an interview almost exactly one year mm. before her actual murder. But I guess Farron's didn't feel mm. it was close enough, so he still changes it to be more similar to the murder, so we can get some, already just some little glimpses of what we've got to look forward to. A full-on reenactment of that horrific crime. Yeah,
1: um, which is what we've all been asking it's for. It's what I came here um- for. Well, we have, we have this interview, and then um, it shoots forward a year later, oh. and then we have a 78-hour introductory sequence, <laughs> and, and and then uh, once we've crept inside the house and seen the house, and well, gone to know every actual, single inch of it.
0: Don't forget the actual crime scene photos we got to see during that creep through the house, Paul. Of a that's head, great. Plus, you know, the actual crime scene photos of her murdered, heavily pregnant woman and her friends.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, That that's good, so yeah. I know where I am now. 15 minutes later. Yes. yes. Intro done.
0: What Three ge- days ago. <laughs> yes, after the lengthy intro, we need a lengthy okay. establishing shot that does nothing to invoke the idea that this is the 1960s. We meet Sharon Tate and her oh, wow. not-boyfriend, J.C. Breen, who she has stopped dating in favour of Roman Polanski, not appearing in this film. Yeah, uh, Busy hiding mm. in Europe at the time of this film, as he will be for the rest of his life. Um, mm. And then, yeah, it's time for our first fake-out, I think. Bunch of friends jump out. Oh. But, you know, at least it's not accompanied by an obnoxious music sting. That's, that's what marks this above your Halloween fours.
1: That's that's very true. Also accompanied by any sort of dynamic camera shot to imply that it really <laughs> is supposed to be a horror sting. Um, <laughs> just, oh, they're, they're here. It okay. might have
0: just been, hey, your friends are here. We have... Who do we have? We have the couple, right? We have Jamie a Lannister friend of... Um, and- we have Jamie Lannister <laughs> and Girlfriend. Yeah.
1: Moaning Myrtle.
0: That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> That's very good. Yeah, so we get some very authentic sounding dialogue for the 1960s. Oh boy, it's, it's wisecracking. <laughs> Not to mention your adoring public, all of whom eagerly await the return of the star of the 12 chairs.
1: Of oh, the 13 chairs. What? Yeah, the studio decided to change the title. I think they figured 12 chairs wasn't enough once they saw the size of my ever-expanding that is nonsense. The extra chair is for Orson Welles. Have you seen the size of his ass lately?
0: <laughs> well, here's to Orson Welles <laughs> and to Sharon Tate Polanski and her once spectacular ass. May it find its way home soon. Please. <gasps> then I think it's time to introduce the theme of the film. We have a dinner sequence, and mm-hmm. Hilary Duff is espousing on expounding on the, sou- the idea of fate. Yeah, and coincidence, Mm. because what if she hadn't wandered onto that movie set at age 17 and coincidentally held a long-standing ambition to being an actor? Mm.
1: Wojtek, what if you had never had that run-in with Roman at your school dance? And what if I had never wandered onto that movie set when I was 17? I mean, I had always dreamed of being an actress, but what if I hadn't have been at that exact place on that exact day?
0: Do you know what I mean? You know, and you, Jay, would you have really become a hairdresser if you hadn't just, you know, coincidentally spent years working towards that? You know, and also been really good at it? It really, it makes you think.
1: It really makes you think the more I say it out loud.
0: (laughs) The further I go, the more you think. And I think it's just me scrambling for a point. (laughs) But I am thinking. And I'm definitely awake. Isn't it
1: true? The more you think about it, the more you think about it. And, and actually, I like to think that I'm thinking about it quite
0: a lot right now. So
1: aren't you all thinking about it, this thing that I'm thinking about?
0: <laughs> anyway, the point is, maybe we don't need to get mur- brutally murdered at the end of this film. Ooh. I think we will be, though. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So. Well, no, no, look, no worries if you don't, because I'm sure we'll get to think about it in, in vivid yeah. detail.
0: <laughs> but, oh, no, Creepy Manson visits the house. Oh, what? And there's a creepy music sting that's only slightly more overt than the one that Tarantino uses when that exact thing happens in his film.
1: <laughs>
0: hey i'm marilyn manson for one scene bye Marley marilyn manson. manson yeah yeah he shows up hey <laughs> guys i approve of this it's church of satanism how sincere am i you who serves? knows i this
1: film <laughs>
0: Go away, Brian. <laughs> Jesus. All right, we're, no, we're not going to worry about that. That's that's a good forty years away. For now, we're just going to focus on this terrible fucking um music. Because yeah. is it here? Where is it? That he um he listens to his bad psych rock. Uh... Well, at some point, she goes into the shed and finds out that he, um, Manson's been sending creepy records that they've been keeping mm. hold of because you never know. You never know. You never could know. be gold one day. Of his time <laughs> um I think something frightens Shama- well that frightens shaante and it's yeah. at that point that uh frikowski's um hot alive body is shown off that's Jamie Lannister he uh, shows yeah. up in his underpants and uh yes yeah.
1: he's wearing a bag know, yeah. um, you know
0: what I know we we often focus around um his lost potential as a writer but uh we also lost a pretty sweet bod in that transaction yeah. didn't we you you, you could have. That's something I can appreciate now, thanks to this film.
1: Yeah, the topography of that man's body was uh, <laughs> hot as fuck. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, so he th- th-
1: he chases off some some of the Manson family, some of the Marilyn Manson family, yeah. and um, <laughs> their their dog runs away. Oh no, that's, oh, that's no. Pro- probably going to be fine. Sharon Tate, probably. Hilary Duff says something's wrong, and uh, her friends go, <laughs> "Look, you're obviously going in- insane with that baby in your body." <laughs> Don't pay any attention to the cultists hanging outside, hanging around outside of our house, <laughs> or the fact that your dog's gone. Yeah. This is fine. Fine, fine, fine. It's all fine.
0: It's, it's just so, a symptom so... of pregnancy is dog anxieties and hippie paranoia. Yeah. Exactly. It's well documented in this book. So you've decided to have a baby in the 60s. Oh no. <laughs> Have so, you got any cravings for cocaine? Yeah. That's to be expected. Try to avoid them, at least in the first trimester. So, How,
1: wh- One a day max with
0: lunch. <laughs> one cocaine a day. A cocaine a day <laughs> keeps the business guys away. So, <laughs> we meet some creepy hippie chicks in the mountains, and the music is, you know, much more overtly creepy than the creepy music that Tarantino played when he introduced his creepy hippie chicks. So... As long
1: as one is one, inside yourself or your father, all is one, all is one, all is
0: one. Yeah, I definitely feel good about that.
1: For me, it's, it's an un- unintentionally great pan out where uh, <laughs> they're, they're walking past in slow motion, sneering at Hilary Duff and her yeah. friend Moaning Myrtle mm. um, with this kind of... Kind of like, <laughs> ha- yeah, yeah. And it pans out and the girls then just walk past them in a normal speed, <laughs> cast them a half seconds
0: glance for... Heading off on their way. Oh, but it, maybe it's in Hilary Duff's head. Maybe there is no Manson family. We, the audience, don't know. Through mm. an assortment of jump cuts, uh, we reveal that Tate's dog has been murdered. Oh, no, this didn't happen in real life. No! Oh, no way. Oh. What about the mem- the family members of that dog? <laughs> it's very insensitive. It we have survived today. I mean, what about that it, it dog who probably did also survive? I think Sharon Tate had a dog. I, I think I read some account that it might have been around, but just bad. It was a yeah. bad dog. It wasn't very good. Well, you so. know, it's the true way you know people are evil, is mm. that they, ki- they kill a dog.
1: Yeah. You, you kill a whole room full of people yeah. in, in, in very vivid, bloody ways. That's fine, <laughs> actually.
0: We're well, all okay for John Wick to kill literally whoever. Yeah. Because, well, two reasons. One, because his lovely dog died, and two, it's just Keanu yeah. Reeves. And and you would. Yeah. He could actually do that in real life. And I feel like most would. people would be okay with it. Hey, hey, look, as, as a guy walks down <laughs> my street... Someone's stealing lemons again.
1: no but he's holding a very small dog under his arm
0: (laughs) how distressing that's horrible i'm so sorry i just
1: i just think you know we would we would do anything for a dog or keanu reeves yeah (laughs) basically i'd carry a keanu reeves under my arm imagine if keanu reeves was small enough that i could carry him under my (laughs) arm
0: yay he would be in his little suit oh
1: (laughs) put me put me down now come on you like it (laughs) kanu It's true, I do, <laughs> but I have to think about my reputation.
0: <laughs> what was a little carry boy. I would really love it if the guy stealing origin of uh, stealing lemons, could just be like a regular feature on this thing of just. <laughs> oh fuck it! There he goes again. Yeah, look, the, I I can't remember how he, what he looks like. So he,
1: <laughs> they, the man will turn up again to steal lemons. <laughs> this is fine. You
0: should have memorized his face, that lemon thief. Who knows what he's capable of? Oh i'll do it next time sharon tate has one of those wonderful slow horror movie wander around a house so it's empty everyone loves those i as a horror fan absolutely yeah. fucking adore nothing more than a character slowly <laughs> walking around a house <laughs> When there's obviously nothing interesting to find or happen. Mm-hmm. Then she finds some of Manson's bad psych rock and freaks right the fuck out. Yeah. in a bad way, you know? It's not a good freak.
1: It's not good freak. She's, yeah. she's being hysterical, actually. Jamie Lannister and Mona Myrtle are <laughs> back, back on the case. <laughs> look, magnesium levels are kind of low when you're pregnant, so I can understand that you think that <laughs> a crazy cultist is coming
0: after you. Um, what about my dog? Oh, Look. Look. <laughs> and it just cuts to the next scene. Um, <laughs> in which Sebring looks awkward in some underwear and they talk about destiny. Yeah. yeah.
1: Very, very seamlessly. It's very well brought, seamlessly it's brought up. Excellent. He um, looks very
0: comfortable yeah. to be in that underwear. And um, yeah, she asked, do you suppose this movie has to include our violent murders? Yeah, the director isn't really interested in doing anything more inventive. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Mm. All right, well, let's have those murders then because it's time for Ted yeah. to have a dream. And yeah, pretty much shows how it happened in real life. And... I had to go away and read up about the real murders again So I could say that last sentence um, So yeah. yay, yay for me Pre- Love that Yeah,
1: it was pretty much how it happened in real life I think um, the, the article I read was um, Jay Sebring didn't get stabbed quite so many times As he did in the film mm. It was four times
0: um, Oh fuck it, was it really? Because I know they shot yeah. him and then stabbed him But yeah, he, yeah. he gets a right old stab a uh, Complete with yeah. CGI blood spurts Slow motion yeah. And extreme close-ups of knife penetration Fantastic.
1: Yeah, it's it's really great actually.
0: It's very sensitive. The
1: the worst, do you know the worst
0: thing about that scene for me though, Paul? Mm.
1: Was the fact that I didn't realise it was a dream until she woke up at the end of it, and yeah. I realised that it wasn't the fucking third act already. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: that was the, yeah. the the biggest piss off.
0: It turns out it was all a dream. Was me having to watch it a dream too? Nope, that happened. <laughs> so this Sharon tate is way more aware than the real Sharon tate mm-hmm. was. He didn't have any of these warning signs. Um, yep. And so she buys a gun And goes to a friend's house Or to stay with family And oh no she just uh, She's going to hang out By the pool a bit more Yeah Yeah Yeah.
1: Well she is pregnant Paul She's clearly
0: hysterical oh, Well there you go Magnesium yeah. At this point yeah. You do get an insight Into just how magnesium Starved she is Or drunk Because yeah She's really paranoid And crazy And she goes up to a guy That she didn't trust earlier and she smiles and asks for a tour of his creepy van apartment. Yeah, I've always loved taking things apart. He says, smiling menacingly. Oh, great, says Hillary Duff.
1: I thought he was the, the cutest guy in the whole film. Aww. I love
0: Stephen. I was very frightened of him. <laughs> <laughs> this explains so much. Like that time you said, "Look at this cute cat." <laughs> <laughs> Just
1: holding a fire.
0: <laughs> Put um, it down, mate.
1: He's always jumpy today. <laughs>
0: Um, Oh yeah, creepy cute guy. He solves Mm. the fucking Rubicon, Paul. He realizes that Charles solves it. Does he? The genius. The oh fuck! How did he do this? He recorded himself saying "helter skelter" backwards into his bad psych rock. Yeah, that's very clever. He says someone went to a lot of trouble to make this. (laughs) He recorded himself backwards. How? How? How does uh, such a person do that? I don't know. I'm a genius. I've
1: never heard of such a thing until now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But why do it? Duff reasonably asks. It's a subliminal message, Creepy Guy says, to the mid-distance, pacing around his trailer (laughs) like fucking Jim Garrison in his prime. Yeah. Tell us more about these subliminal messages. I've never heard of such a thing. Oh, they use it in
1: advertising to sell you stuff you don't need. Well, like advertising. (laughs) Yeah, but better.
0: (laughs) But you don't notice it. (laughs) In the advertising. That's what's so sneaky, is they sneak advertising <laughs> into the advertising. So you're just watch, sat there watching some advertising, and you don't even realise that you're being advertised to.
1: Wow. So when I'm watching an advert about toasters, I'm thinking, yeah, exactly. <laughs> toasters. You
0: see, what you don't realise is, and what you actually, it's actually quite revealing what you just said there, is that you just said toasters. So... Mm. Oh, shit, it worked! I was thinking about toasters. Fuck!
1: Fuck me. It's a
0: conspiracy.
1: Anyway, time for another dream sequence.
0: Well, but just he, he gives a lecture about consumerism, which is treated as this big revelation, yeah. and it really sounds like a Manson lecture. Personally, I think it's all part of a plot by the government to turn us all into conformists to keep us from questioning what's really going on with the man to keep us from thinking for ourselves think about it if they keep us in the dark they control everything we become a society of mindless consumerist robots left to roam the wastelands of their artificially constructed purgatory
1: well yeah at this stage I thought oh is he a cultist
0: yeah I was like oh hang on is he in on it in this crazy fucked up world is the director <laughs> It's the director. Hang on a minute, and then his not beard falls off and reveals Madeline Mantle underneath. Wait a minute, that's impossible. <laughs> <You're gonna laughs> it's like Papa
1: Lazarou wiping
0: off his uh, his white face paint and <laughs> revealing the black. <laughs> I mean, Charlie calls up. Oh, oh that's yeah, it. Does. Yeah, Charlie phones up exactly as the speech reaches its denouement, um, to yeah. overtly warn them that he's about to attack them. So later that night, after she didn't leave immediately. We find Duff is packing, mm. and there's a jump scare, uh, and there's another dream initiation about the murders. I really hope the movie's gonna make it clear when this is actually happening, because this is the fucking second time I've been psyched out by this.
1: <laughs> I mean, isn't isn't this the final?
0: Yeah, where yeah, the, well... the the family they arrive this time after that dream sequence. They actually show up and walk like zombies through the gate that they went around in real life, yeah. and. Yeah. Eventually, the male killer remembers the gun that he brought. Yeah. And tries to kill some folk who are running away very slowly. Mm. Um, but hey, let's let's experience the first two thirds of that murder sequence again, please.
1: Yes, please. It, it worked. It worked very well for me last time.
0: <laughs> yeah. I want to think about it some more. This is the final moments of these people. Please, um, remind me. Remind me. So, a long time into the exact same sequence, they turn the tables on the attackers. And a long time after that, they manage to kill them. All. Yeah. All of them. Brilliant.
1: Yeah. Oh, what an empowering sequence for the for the characters there, Paul. They finally they overcame <laughs> their um they overcame their fate.
0: <gasps> Fantastic.
1: But Paul. A what?
0: Ah got a surprise. Oh
1: what? It's not like your birthday again, is it? It is like my birthday because those fuckers didn't survive shit. Oh what? There they are. All dead on the on the floor. All dead. To be viewed. Brilliant.
0: She was powerless all along in every reality you can think of.
1: Oh great. There's Hillary Duff still alive though <laughs> looking at them and and going, "Oh, it couldn't do fate after all."
0: <laughs> A two, fate, quote Edgar Allan Poe. Fates. Uh, <laughs> fate fate to black and that's the end of your your fucking movie. So Paul, what did you think of The Haunting of Sharon Fate? Oh, that's very good. Look at you. <laughs> hey everyone. This guy. Hey, guy stealing those lemons. <laughs> hey. I, I I've seen your face, you cunt. Look at this. <laughs> look, at my, look at my mate. His face was an actual lemon. What's happening?
1: You know when your mum says you go on stealing lemons like that, you'll become a lemon. <laughs> she meant literally because she's a voodoo witch.
0: <laughs> she meant literally because he you cut your head off and put a lemon on it. She was Ari Aster, director of her
1: <laughs> <poetry>. <laughs> And I love her, and I hate this film, Paul. <laughs> yeah, fuck this. Um, look, this is going to be in my. This is going to be in my bottom ten. Uh, oh m- yeah, Me easily. Um, yeah, f- for a number of reasons. One it's it's just just complete dearth of creativity in there the the script yeah. is awful the directing is lifeless the performances uh-huh. are wooden and none of it yeah. ever inches over into comedy it never becomes so yeah. bad it's good there's ne- never no never there are, there's, there there are two moments of unintentional comedy for me um, which was the crazy scratch cutting to different bits of the dog over and over again as it was crawling with oh, maggots yeah. and Hilary Duff going, no, no, oh, no. Just, <laughs> it's a very dark place. And, oh! then, and then when it cuts to her later sitting and stroking the dog teddy and, and being upset because her dog died. Uh, yeah. I wanted to be sad, but it w it, just ridiculous. Um Yeah. So, so I guess I guess that means it's just very false and very phony. All the sad moments it are is. trying to it's trying to play for sadness and pull at the heartstrings so that you you feel more when the really horrific murders happen.
0: Really fucking horrible murders. Because that's the thing. Even without the real world implications of this, it's just a bad slasher movie with yeah. rubbish tension and mean spirited violence. It's like the home invasion movies of the late noughties and the early tens. Like, yes, you know everything. Everything that came after like them. You know, like the strangers and all the rest of it, where it's just, it's not camp anymore. Yeah. So, unless it's effective, it's just boring and yeah. grues- gruesome. And it can't, you know, if you do like the campy slasher movies of the 1980s badly, at least it can still be fun. There's nothing fun about these. It's also, yeah. it's just annoyingly made. I hated the shaky cam during conversations. Yeah. And, like, intense close ups and shaky cam. It's an ugly movie. The color aesthetic is orange it is felt
1: so garish and and when, yeah. when you add to the the fact that there are just so many small details like i couldn't take my eyes off of whoever wasn't speaking in each scene because they were just looking around nervously waiting for their turn to deliver their lines and, <laughs> and like the outrageous hateful expressions of the killers like they're sneering yeah cartoon villains it, it, yeah. it was just the most outrageous approach you could have taken to, to this event and I'm, not, I'm s- yeah. we're still not even talking about the insensitivity of it. Uh, yeah. And it had but- pretensions to being a documentary at times, and you know, with, mm. with the the real the actress Sharon Tate at the beginning and trying to play it off as yeah. if there are sort of, there's there's this element of truth to it. It's it's one of those issues where it would have just been so much more interesting and as grisly as a documentary. And if you, you when yeah. you're trying to then ramp it up and say no, look, it's really grisly. Look, ooh, isn't it horrible?
0: Yeah. With the CGI so blood cheap. just feeling so over the top and just... Yeah. and But also weightless. It just... And making us experience the crimes again and again with Ugh. the same horrible dialogue that was actually said to these people. It just... It says nothing interesting about the murders, why yeah. they happened, yeah. or what they meant, or about Sharon Tate and who she was or who she could have been. Yeah. At least in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, we get to see her outside of the context of her death. Yeah, You know, which really has eclipsed her life in most media. It's kind of... You know, I've gone back and forth on this, but I'm actually at the point now where I kind of like Sharon Tate's role in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as mm. being entirely removed from the action of the film. Because ultimately, being removed from the Sharon Tate murders was the opportunity she didn't get to have in real life. Well, I th- it's kind of nice that this film separates her from it. Yeah, that's exactly That film, That's not exactly this it. film, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Uh, but also, once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly what I thought about <laughs> it as well. And I've 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 never actually had a problem with it. And I'm. Well, mm-hmm. Do you want? To, we can get in. We're gonna well, get into this in later. Bit, yeah. or we we'll get, get into it in A little bit. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Back to the this this film for now. There are just so many yeah. elements. Just it's just so such a cruel film. Yeah, I think it's like just... all, all the the stuff at the beginning when they're on um they're sitting around drinking wine and they're playing that game with the the marble running around that yeah. board. Yeah, and um, it's letters and then a no, and yeah. uh, you know wherever the ball land lands, that's what it is. And you have her going, "Will I live a long and happy life?" And then the the <laughs> yeah. marble falls on the no. It's just get fucked. <laughs> what, like, what are you trying? What are you trying to convey? What are you trying yeah. to get across with that? Is 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 this the fate thing? But if if it is, then why do you have to be such a dick about it? <laughs> if this this real this real person, you know, yeah. that they weren't. You, when you're watching Schindler's List, you don't have a Jew come up to the to the, the front of the camera and go, what's next, ghettos?
0: Yeah. Cool. You know. <laughs> I sure hope that the suffering for the Jews is over. It's these weird sort of, yeah, comedic, sort of dramatic tension moments that are just really insensitive and just really crass. It's, um, I don't know. It's for me, cheap. It does feel, it's not a word I like to use very often, but it does feel to me exploitative. And when I say exploitative, hmm. I mean that the filmmaker is saying, Ugh, come look at this. Yeah. That's that's what I yeah, got from yeah, like the exactly. marketing for Glenn or Glenda. You know where it's like, mm. come look at this. So all those remember those old Channel Five documentaries that were like the yeah. girl with a boy for a face, <laughs> you know, just not you know trying to be sort of. Yeah. it's been very hard for us actually, and uh, yeah, it's been really difficult. But the, it's still very much come look at them. Ugh, yeah, you know she's got a
1: moustache.
0: Oh God! All the surgeons say we can't remove it, or her face will fall off. <laughs> Isn't she weird? You know, it just. It, you yeah. never get to experience them, like, outside of the context of their, you know, disability. And, I mean, looking yeah. can be a compassionate act, one of understanding. Mustaches are a disability. <laughs> Mustaches can definitely be. But, um. <laughs> <laughs> i You can get the benefit for it now, the benefits that you can get. <laughs> but, I mean, looking can be a compassionate act. It can be an act of understanding, or it can be yeah. an invasive one of othering. And, you yeah. know just queuing up at the side of a road crash, for example. That's not a compassionate looking. And this feels very much like, look at this. Isn't this horrible? Mm. And it totally happened too. Isn't that crazy? Ooh. Look at it.
1: Look at the blood. Well, the compassionate um, version of that would be witnessing, I suppose. Paying yeah. witness to a yeah, tragic event. this and, and happened and we mustn't not letting forget. letting it fall by. Yeah, yeah this happened, um, we mustn't but,
0: forget it happened, we mustn't over-romanticize, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's very complicated. This isn't less we forget exactly yeah it's very complicated the fucking situation around the murders you know that happened yeah you know it's unfair to say oh look where a hippie lifestyle gets you but yeah and similarly unfair to say oh that the flower power movement had no weaknesses because it definitely opened up you know that the thoughts of the time and the zeitgeist of the time definitely lent itself to Manson being able to take over the family in the way that he did and build his family so Mm. oh fuck it look this is just gross it's gross as well as bad You have to justify yourself, I think, with this. If you're going to stir up the memory of a real-world tragedy, you have to be doing it for a reason. And this movie pretends to have a reason pertaining to fate Mm. or something. I don't really know. But really just wanting to capitalise on the fact that last year was the anniversary and probably also the Tarantino movie that, you know... it. I mean, because what
1: what does fate specifically have to do with Sharon Tate? You could have written (laughs) any murder story where somebody talks about this. And do, yeah, about exploring, uh, like, escaping your own murder. It doesn't have to be Sharon Tate, and that's the You could the make other one thing, about
0: think. the fact that Seth MacFarlane avoided being in 9 11. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> make that movie instead. All right, look, at this stage, we should probably address the Quentin in the room. Spoilers for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Please go to this time frame to avoid. Go to 43 minutes. We're going to talk about this for 10 minutes so obviously fucking obviously holy shit oh my god holy fuck once upon a time in hollywood is a better film than this jesus christ yeah i mean
1: this would be my one better thing
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a good film what i'm curious yeah. about is that all it needs to make its invocation of the tape murders okay the fact that that's a good film because in some respects they are quite similar both films have the spectre of the tape mm. murders hanging over them, albeit way more subtly, in what I'm going to refer to as UATI. Fair, fair. Um, that rather than Fost. Yeah, Fost. Fost has, Fost is um, yeah. The more awkwardly you can pronounce it, the better. <laughs> Fost. Fost has a constant. Fost has this constant unpleasant sort of dramatic sting, dramatic irony. Mm. You know, boy, I can't wait to be alive this time tomorrow. Yeah, kind of you know, shittiness to it. Whereas if you didn't know about the Tate murders in Uate, um, then, you know, you wouldn't know. And you yeah. wouldn't have that feeling yeah. of tension apart from that rather silly sequence where, I mean, it's a fun sequence, but also quite silly where fucking Brad Pitt goes to the ranch and it turns into seven for a bit. Yeah, <laughs> It's an effective sequence, but definitely, I mean, that's the closest that film gets to this one. I think that's the only little yeah. bit of overlap is, where it yeah. turns into a slightly cheesy horror movie because he goes to vit- visit the Manson family.
1: Yeah. I, I think it still manages um, to, it like kisses on the uh. subject of it rather than turning yeah. around and being like,
0: boy, you <laughs> guys it. sure seem like a family eh? um, <laughs> of Mansons. wink, wink. wink <laughs> So, yeah. I mean, both films do have a subversion of the murders, one in which the victims themselves gain the upper hands over the murderers, only it's a dream, the other in which a Hollywood fucking cowboy and his stunt double yeah. violently murder the killers with, amongst other things, a flamethrower and a tin of dog food. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, it doesn't turn out to be a dream. It's the reality of this film. Yeah. Both films present a genre experience of the real-world tragedy, mm. but Yoate keeps Tate and her friends at a distance to the actual violence whilst yeah. Faust Actually revisits the murders graphically again and again to, you know, titillate yeah. the audience.
1: Well, I think with once a, with Oate there's um, yeah. sorry, excuse me. with with uh, <laughs> sounds
0: very Native American. Oate there is, um, Awate. there
1: there there is there's a lot to it. I think there is an element of wish fulfillment. There's, I think, yes, the, the 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 relief um to find out that this is that it's being completely subverted. Like the relief in yes, in the, the audience relief. in the theater I was in. Yeah it was it was palpable people were laughing and cheering mm. and i like i'm not, i'm not that kind of person who vocalizes by cheering but i i felt the yeah. same relief and then w- what it came across to me as is this this fairy tale ending for sharon tate the ending that obviously people yeah. collectively wish that she she could have had yeah the the, the film felt not only as like a, a compassionate Mm. Like a, a compassionate story about Sharon Tate, but it felt like mm. an an ode to Hollywood and this sort of. It was just a manifestation of this collective wish that the world would be slightly less shitty than it is. And I, so yeah, I, I think the, the intentions yeah. were were good, and mm. you know, it, it, especially when you compare it to something like the Hateful Eight when it end for me, like mm. I I really dislike the oh, the, the second half of that movie because it just dispenses with yeah. character and it feels like there's no point to it. Inglorious yeah. Bastards feels like there's a point to it, but, you know. It's, it's mm. Hitler, and and yeah. it's like it's it's like cinematic revenge. For the yes, prince so that's, and Tarantino that's the is thing. Tanking.
0: Is in interviews, Tarantino makes this big distinction between the joys of movie violence and the horror of real world violence. Yeah. But in both Iwate and in Fast, movie violence is used to fix the real world violence, yeah. as it did in Inglorious Bastards and Django, mm. in which you know. A bunch of Jewish soldiers machine gun Hitler to death. Yeah. And a for ex-slave blows up a plantation house. Yeah. And the result can sometimes feel a bit awkward. Um, I mean, arguably, this is Tarantino's definitive word on violence in movies. Because what he's kind of saying is, hey, if the violence in my movies was an analogue of real-world violence, then things would t- uh, turn out like this. Mm. You know, there'd always be a good guy wanting to sa- waiting to save the day. Mm. You know, in Faust, it's more than just, you know, it's more just... Let's revisit this tragedy through the medium of movie violence with jump cuts and crash zooms at all. Yeah. And that feels more fucked up because, I mean, there is more to it than just the relief because I remember when I first found out about the details of the tape murders, mm. I, I viscerally remember sitting and reading about it and the ensuing trials and the way the, um, the Manson family behaved in the trials and, you know, some of the things they said afterwards. And mm. it made me very sad and very angry. Yeah, I really hated the people who did this, and was yeah. actually glad to read that they were denied bail at every opportunity, yeah. and that they were likely to all die in prison. One of which, you know, one of whom already has. Mm. And that, you know, that's the part of me that felt happy at the end of Orate when that mm. happened. Happy, but also kind of weird. Like I didn't feel good about how good I felt about the graphic deaths at the end of that film mm. because it's kind of like how I used to feel watching Crime Watch. I don't know if you ever used to watch Crime Watch, oh, yeah. but it very much kind of felt like an hour of just come on guys let's all get together and just be angry for an hour Mm. you know i'd be like oh i'd like to have been there with a baseball bat and several months of training and a heavily armed police escort (laughs) (laughs) you just under those circumstances you just fucking watch me go mate (laughs) (laughs) i'll let loose (laughs) (laughs) if they're tied up
1: i personally feel fine about it because i feel like Mm. there is some distance put between this hollywood this Hollywood violence, this sort of Hollywood revenge that we're mm. able to take on behalf of Sharon Tate, and at uh, right. an actual, an actual real world violence, and I feel like yeah, that's kind I of I mean, it's definitely what, it, I think that's what Tarantino goes for.
0: I think so. I mean, having it away from the house helps. You know, just a different geographical yeah. space. Some of the lines are the same, but then yeah. you know we have Brad Pitt kind of making fun of the lines, like. Uh, you are. I'm the devil, and I'm here to do the devil's business. No, I was dumber than that. Something like Rex. I
1: killed on Tex!
0: Tex! That is kind of fun, but there is just something a little bit trashy about Oete, though. I'm sure Tarantino's quite happy with that, the fact oh, that it's yeah. a little trashy, because it has that lengthy thriller sequence where Pitt goes to the ranch, and also just lately, only since The Hateful Eight, to be honest. It's only The Hateful Eight in this. But there, I have been made a little uncomfortable about the way Tarantino is portraying violence against women. And I know we've both said that part of on-screen equality is about women being shot in the face in a John Wick Mm -hmm. movie, just like everyone else in a John Wick movie. Yeah. But I really dislike the treatment of Daisy Donahue in The Hateful Eight. You know, just the way she's Mm. constantly having the shit kicked out of her throughout that entire movie, and the Mm. big triumphant ending is her getting strung up by a guy whose crimes include the forced fellatio of a soldier at gunpoint at one stage. And... The end che- the- i think
1: they're cheering or is this triumphant music as they hoist her up and it's yeah it's very it's
0: just, oh so it's just a gleeful and protracted murder of the manson girls at the end of wate was kind of similar and there's always justification towns you know always justifies it but it's weird how the justification is always just a little bit off screen somewhere you mm. know in hateful eight we're told daisy's a bad person but we don't get to see it we get to see samuel jackson be a bad person but we don't mm. get to see daisy And in this, Brad Pitt killed his wife, which is really weird to just throw in there. And we see, we kind of see something that implies that. I know because of real world knowledge, we know that these people went and killed, you know, were intending to kill. Mm. But in this movie, they didn't actually do anything. (laughs) They showed up with a gun and then got viciously beaten to death for a long time. And because we know about the Tate murders, we feel good about that
1: yes but, it's context dependent in this case i think
0: yeah exactly and it, obviously none of this is as gross as this fucking film we can definitely say that but i'm mm. kind of surprised that Ruate got away with doing it and not an entirely dissimilar thing i mean we've we've talked about some of the reasons why it's better and it's definitely better it's yeah. just um surprised at the legitimate uh, acclaim it's received
1: <laughs> i look i, I think that you know, we've discussed many times before that you know art is a, is, a, is is a great space to explore ideas like this, or to just go make films like this and just add to add to a conversation, or just you know to mm. then be discussed for for its merits. Yeah, and I sure. think the difference is that once upon a time in ho- <clears throat> once upon a time in Hollywood can be mm. can be justified, or if at the very least, you can you can discern a point yes and yes definitely there's like i mean, i, you, you I personally love once upon Points. a time in hollywood and i right. i think it's it's not i think it's just shy of my top 10 at the moment but okay. so yeah i like i love it and i think it's great
0: okay um i really liked it too it's just I, I just get that grewy feeling and i have read i read an article in paste magazine that you know basically said no, but tarantino's doing this on purpose he's like trying to you know provoke and not give you any easy answers to these things and Part of me wants to go with that. Part of me also just thinks that Tantino wanted to make a movie where Cowboy kills the Manson family and didn't really care much beyond that. Because, I mean, one thing I read about Tantino is he is entertainment first. And I do believe that about him. If he needs Bruce Lee to be an asshole in this scene because it suits the plot, then fuck it. Let's have Bruce Lee be an asshole. You know, everything is second to story and entertainment. Yeah. And you do have to respect that but it does mean that he's he, he's never made a movie about real events before right uh, I mean you know vaguely Hitler Inglorious you know, Bastards yeah etc but never actual events where he has to because the most of the night mm. actually does play out like it did you know the dinner and going yeah. back and even the music that they that um what's the name played was based on <sighs> sheep music that they found at the crime scene yeah so there was a fair amount of detail there yeah right oh dear well it's sad we're... thinking about it <laughs>
1: We're way over schedule now, so we should
0: probably oh, uh, okay. go back to right. it. We should
1: probably quickfire <laughs> about, right. about host.
0: Welcome back, people yeah. who avoided the spoilers. So, to be short, uh, The Haunting of Sharon Tate's a bad movie, but we're going to quickfire some good things about it. So, Quickfire. First up, when she looks in the fridge and sees something rotting in there, those maggots were really fucking gross. They sure were. That got a reaction out of me. Didn't like no.
1: that. Um, the, the opening track, like the textured mm. um, ambient music... Which was just the okay. Whom, 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 whom. <laughs> I quite liked, and it, it yeah. with the bass up on my subwoofer it was getting that sort of that revulsion feeling in my in my throat.
0: <laughs> good stuff. Pretty good. Um, I didn't look up how to. I didn't get to look up his name, um, how to pronounce it. Powell Shajda? Uh, that guy's pretty fucking hot. Jamie Lannister, guy playing the Polish yeah. guy in the film. He's a hot dude.
1: When Gibb, when Moaning Myrtle reveals she's finished the baby room when Tate wanted to do it herself, she, they sort of hug yeah. and, and um, Moaning Myrtle simpers and then Duff Tate does the same, but then it immediately turns into a grimace. And there's a very nice flu- like fluid <laughs> motion of... <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 Good stuff. Um, mm. I like the fact that Roman is this Oppressive presence throughout the film Even though he's never mm. in it You know we never mm. hear his voice or see him But throughout the film it's always You know oh just wait till Roman gets back Or Roman doesn't want you to go anywhere And it's it's interesting how yeah. oppressive He is beyond his actual presence It's um Something mm. very similar happens in Portrait of a Lady on Fire in fact Which is a movie about chauvinism okay. that doesn't have any men in it And uh, you can read more about that On my review on Screen Mayhem Ooh. Yes.
1: Okay. What have I told you about spruiking your other outlets? <laughs> your other mistress. In front mistress. of me. Yeah. Hey, I, I I know Stephen terrified you. I thought it was quite cute. I liked Ow. his dorky glasses Ow. and sometimes natural delivery. He's the best <laughs> performer in the entire movie. Look at him. Um. And sometimes he had a very like brave little soldier smile, um, which is very cute. He was a Just brave a little weird soldier, kind of but actually. He was. Yeah. Bless him.
0: <laughs> uh. Look, I think Duff probably looks more like Tate than Margot Robbie, which I think okay. goes to show that it's the performance that really matters. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but she does look like her to the point where a couple of times I'd see her and be like, oh yeah, she does look like a lot like her. But obviously Robbie, I mean, as Deborah um, Tate has said, you know, Margot Robbie really did get the, the attitude and the spirit of her. Oh, that's cool. Yeah.
1: But Margot Robbie's good.
0: Yeah. See you in um, Harley Quinn. Or whatever they've called it now.
1: Uh, when Jamie Lannister whacks the Manson family lady around the head with the cistern top oh yeah it looks great actually um, <laughs> it looks like it looks like it really connects and it's quite hard and fast
0: hard and fast well look my last one is cool. um, it is cathartic to see the Manson family get murdered it just is yeah. I hate yeah. them I hate them so much that they did this that they uh, I don't know maybe they are victims of a sort as well but fuck them for doing this and we're getting caught up and for murdering yeah. the 60s that and um, that Rolling Stones concert that went bad. Those are the two things. Murdered the 60s. And Olderan? Um, Olderan? Yeah, it was the Olderan concert. I know history. I'm a history boy. Oldermong?
1: That and the continuation of sodomy laws until the end of the decade.
0: Oh, yeah, what well, is that. Apart from that, it was the best generation. Yeah. Also, capital we were punishment killing was still people. a thing. But apart yeah, we from those four for things. A lot. <laughs> Vietnam War, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It was fine. Yeah. It was good, even. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs>
1: Look, uh, two more things very quickly when Stephen is coming after the cultist who's crawling away and the cultist keeps trying to turn around and shoot him it made me a little tense to think that Stephen might get a shot ah. um, and then uh, the, the the sort of echoey piano piece at the end after they've killed all the cultists was quite nice that's it
0: cool good stuff it was nice
1: <laughs> yeah uh. but that's it as um one of the shortest yeah, it really quick, was a very short one a because bad. we
0: didn't like this movie or enjoy it. No. It was the Altamont free concert that was the disastrous
1: one. <laughs> also, ah, okay.
0: Also, yeah, Vietnam, all the rest. Let's talk about The One Better Thing. The One Better Thing.
1: I. Uh... Yeah, I yeah, you really love Once Upon a Time in Hollywood <laughs> and, I, and I think it offers a uh, uh, much needed catharsis for this this uh, difficult story in Hollywood history. Mm. It's an ode to Hollywood in in um, yeah. the same albeit slightly sleazier way than Hail Caesar. Um <laughs> but uh yeah, I um I think that if Tarantino is going for ent- entertainment first, then he's got the he's got the chops to be able to do that and then um add little sprinklings of of thought pieces. Yeah. Uh, along the way, <laughs> I I really like it. I think great great performances all around There's yeah. um, I think the only the only issue I had is, is the the voiceover just completely un, unnecessary. Oh yeah. Um, but um, that's that's Tarantino. I suppose just <laughs> yeah. flopping his big directing balls out and doing yeah. whatever he wants. Oh, it's um, a little self Because he does feel very intuitive. What Tarantino does, he is yeah, sure. intuitively an entertaining filmmaker. Yeah. Um, so it's very very interesting.
0: Um, yeah, always. That's it. I mean, I had my issues with it, and it was a bit of a bumpier ride for me, but I still really enjoyed it. It was a very mm. entertaining film. So. Um, Okay, my one better thing. It looks at what it's like to be at a cult from the inside. It's um Martha <laughs> Marcy May Marlene. Ooh. Fantastic 2011 uh, film, a sort of dramatic thriller that stars Elizabeth Olsen as um, formerly Martha, then renamed Marcy May, and also I can't remember how Marlene comes into it, but essentially it's about her... It might have been her disguise name, actually. And it's about her falling in yeah. with this um, cult leader, played by John Hawks, who looked like mm. he was going to be the next big deal for a while. And the last time I remember seeing him was as a bit part player in um, Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. I'm not sure what happened yeah. to Mr. Hawks. But, um...
1: After Deadwood and Marcy Marcy Martha Marmalade, then I thought...
0: <laughs> Marmalade. <laughs> yeah. He showed,
1: his, he showed his range there as well. He was, he was, a, in, very... he
0: was great in Winter's Bone as well. was very good now. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Where are you? Wrong Get in, in touch. Well. Get in John. touch now and uh, we'll uh, put you in our movie. But you've also got Hugh Dancy and Sarah Paulson in there, so it's a great cast. But it's oh, yeah. about a woman. It's a very creepy, minimalist thriller about a woman who has simultaneously escaped from a cult, but we're also getting flashbacks to her time in it. And it's very understated. It's kind of like the master in that sense, and as much as there's every chance you could actually miss the fact that you're watching a movie about a cult. It's mm. just little menacing things. That are happening, the fact that nobody's allowed to keep their own name, the sort of implied, you know, sexual obligation of the cult is just mm. a very interesting deconstruction of what the psychology is, of what ne- what is required for someone to be susceptible to that kind of lifestyle, how relatable that is, and how dangerous someone could become if they give themselves over completely to a complete egomaniac. Um mm. And that's, yeah, one of the many more interesting stories that there are around um, the Tate murders that could have been focused on. Also, how about this? All right. How about the um, Beyond the Valley of the Dolls? Oh, yeah. I haven't you seen it. Get- no? Well, it was Sharon Tate's big movie. It was really fun. Is that the one that was actually... Yeah, the one that was written by Roger Ebert. Yeah, it's a campy, big um, sort of fun fest. And 50 years after her murder, you're interested in Sharon Tate. I would highly recommend actually watching one of her fucking movies rather than watching The Haunting of Sharon Tate. Absolutely. Let's celebrate the life. Mm. Okay, that's The One Better Thing. The One Better Thing. Paul, how can people find out more about these better things? They could just ask us how
1: we're feeling, They could. For For once. Once (laughs) Once in your... Goddamn life.
0: Why does it always have to be us who contacts you? Yeah.
1: Call us. L- various hours throughout the night with our <laughs> night terrors. <laughs> Why do you never stalk us? No, Amanda, I want to tell you again the <laughs> dreams I've been having. Um, <laughs> chimney boy living in my butt. But to hear more stories about the chimney boy living in my butt, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Pod. You can send us a Gmail about your own boy in the butt at Pod at gmail.com. We're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. We're on uh, some other ones, but we're on fire. We've got some issues, and uh, we are also we also have a Patreon yeah. where um we've been putting all our really good stuff now. Um, oh my god! All yeah.
0: the dick pics you could ever want. We,
1: we've been phoning this this in and uh, putting up <laughs> the really the really juicy stuff on Patreon. I'm so um, tired. The twist is it's no better than
0: than <laughs> this. Great twist! Thanks, man.
1: Um, yeah, we've got um, Paul Salt's Film Club coming out fortnightly. We've got, uh, yep. we've got a review of 1917. 17, 1917, 1917 came up a um, couple of weeks ago. And yep. um, watch this space for our review of Birds of Prey or Birds. The Fantabulous Emancipation of Harley Quinn.
0: Or Harley Quinn. I think they've renamed it now.
1: Uh, <laughs> when I went to see it a couple of days ago, it was Fantabulous Emancipation of Harley Quinn on the front page. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, that's maybe just Australia's kept it. We we are. I think we're oh, still waiting. We are still waiting it's... for John Wick three, as discussed.
0: Oh god, it is now Harley Quinn colon Birds of Prey.
1: Oh okay. Yeah. That's better. I really <laughs> hate the use of the word "fantabulous." Anyway, more <laughs> of that on Patreon, everyone. And yeah, we're members of the A Lot of Green Network for us and other really, really good Australian podcasts. You can find yeah. us on a lot of dot com dot Uh oh. And in the meantime, keep watching those skies, sheeple. <laughs>
0: Come on, folks. Truth's out there, bitches. <laughs> Twats. I <laughs> just like the invocation to Sheeple. Just Maybe we could just be the Sheeple. Be proud of it, you know? <laughs> Come on, everyone. Stop looking out for stuff. Yeah. Accept things as they are, Sheeple. <laughs> Who needs healthcare or welfare? Yeah. Just take what people are saying. That's all. Face value. The anti-conspiracy theorists. I've got a conspiracy theory. That all the conspiracy theories are actually wrong. Whoa. Therefore, I'm going to start a new religion. And it's going to be all about how everything is exactly how it seems.
1: That's deeply, <laughs> existentially horrifying.
0: <laughs> it sure is.
1: And I don't want any part of it. <laughs> I'm Paul Camus. I'm face value.
0: And remember, <laughs> that's a great name for a character in a thing. <laughs>
1: Hi, I'm face value.
0: <laughs> right this way. What you see value. is what you get, we- here at my balls. My daddy's Mr. Face... Nope <laughs> Missed <laughs> Shit <laughs> Didn't stick the landing Uh <laughs> I'm Paul Landing I Yeah <laughs> And remember The one good thing About the haunting of Sharente Jamie Lannister Is Jamie Lannister And his hot pants He's got very hot pants guys Pants That are worth changing history for